Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. We're back with you from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions, Southern California. Uh, just good to have you here. We're talking a little, I mean, the, the draft has been a big conversation for the last two weeks, and we're happy to break it down to you tonight. Um, and to do that, of course, we always bring in our good friend, our pal, our our savant, and he would be Ron in New Jersey. Ron, good <laughs> to have you back. How's it going tonight? Good, Dave. How's everything? It's going great, you know, because yeah. I I just love this, you know, you you all, as you know, I, we're on this new system. I have a new computer and everything else, so yeah, we're really excited. So uh, was it four thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. It was not half that much. But good job. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Power to ACQ though for his four thousand dollars supercomputer. <laughs> Do they make four thousand dollars computers? I I mean I don't know if they do for consumers, but maybe they do yeah, for right. like NASA. <laughs> oh, God oh, bless so good, so good. <laughs> so uh, I did want to share one joke before we start our, our NFL spot, and uh, because it was just too good, I was on. I'm, I go on Twitch a lot now, so I go on different shows. This happened to be a music stream a program called the Brookstone Bards. I love this. These guys are really fun, but. There are some sports fans on there too, and one of them happened to notice there is a. Um, and I don't. I guess I should have. See, I didn't do my my homework. I should have. Show, I could have shown this to you, but um, in the studio, there's like a little pic. There's like a logo of the the, the Pittsburgh Penguins on there. So one okay. fan was not having it, and he had this comment, and so he said, um, he said, uh, when you play NHL games on Xbox and PlayStation. If you play a Sidney Crosby, every button mysteriously gets changed to a dive button. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> too funny. I mean, we've we've seen it all too well yeah. for the past ten years. Oh yeah, yeah. That 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 was just an excellent. That was the cause that's made my whole week. It was really funny. So let's now get to the 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 meat of this. It is time for. The NFL draft preview, and you see this system now. This system's getting too good. Now this looks too official. I, I'm, I'm that not, is wow. Look at that. I'm, just, I'm worried now. I'm like NFL's gonna come after my ass now. Like let me see. Let me show you that again. You yeah. Never know. <laughs> is that what you were doing today at work, Dave? <laughs> I mean a little bit. I was working, time, but time well spent, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna. It should be a fun draft this year. I I think. It's nice that we're gonna go back on site, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have the um, we'll have uh, you know the Cadell will be in the building so to speak. It'll be in Cleveland, um, very interesting setup. But uh, I guess we can start with that. I mean, you go back to TV coverage. I mean, there are gonna be some fans, there'll be some social distancing and so on. But uh, but you know, I guess my question is, what do you think about this about the new arrangement this year? 
I mean, it's still not going to be exactly the same as it was in past years, but do you think it still could be a really good event? Yeah, and, you know, I think it, it kind of mirrors everything else that's going on in the world, right? I mean, we have uh, sports back, but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, limited capacity and everything like that. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still an improvement over what we had last year, um, you know, just in general. You know, just seeing fans back in the stadium is nice. Um, so I, I think the same applies with the draft. You know, having it held somewhere, um, you know, I'm sure it'll be socially distanced. And, you know, the teams will probably be uh, – I, I think the teams themselves are going to be, you know, on Zooms or whatever it is uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, be represented virtually. But it'll be nice to see Goodell there and the, uh, the draft picks – and bring a little bit of uh, normalcy back to uh, the draft because, I mean, let's face it, last year with the, the virtual thing and, and Goodell from his basement, it was, uh, you know, it, it was good that we had something, but it was still still really weird. Um, so to see it get back, a little bit back to normal is, is always a good thing. Yeah, I, I think it's nice that there's a site and then that there's a city that can benefit from the event. So I think that's really cool. So. I'm with yep. you. I mean, not, like, not much I can really add to that. It's a pretty good spot. Now, as far as the coverage, it's the TV coverage for this event. You are looking at a couple of scenarios, and I, I have this. I'll show you that right here. Um, the draft we mentioned it going back to Cleveland. Um, I don't actually. It might be the first. It might be the first time for Cleveland, right? Is that is that true? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it, historically, it was in uh, New York every year up until a few years ago, and then. Mm-hmm. I think what we got, uh, we got Philly, Vegas, um, and maybe Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. And, yeah. and I think uh, last year it was supposed to be, oh man, I can't remember where it was going to be last year, but uh, wherever it was, they, they canceled and now it's in uh, Cleveland. So yeah, first time in, in, in Cleveland. Yeah, I thought, I think it was Vegas. And then they. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that would have been a while. I mean, so we'll get that chance next year with Vegas. Uh, but back right. to the storylines, um, it is a most interesting quarterback class. We'll go into more detail on that in a moment. But as for the TV coverage, you'll see that if you're watching on YouTube that Mike Greenberg takes over the hosting duties from Trey Wingo. And I don't know why. I, I don't know what the story behind that is. But it, that's interesting to me because that's a very different kind of host. Um, you have Reese Davis on ABC for a college theme show. I think you might. I wonder if you might be interested in that one. That, that seems like it would be up your alley, too. And then on NFL yeah. Network, um, you have Rich Eisen in his usual role. But, yeah, what do you think? What do you think about all those different options? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I'll be sticking with the NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Reese Davis one definitely intrigues me because, uh, I mean, I, I love Reese Davis. And, you know, it ties it back to uh, to college football. And, you know, the, always a, a, a good feeling to see him covering, uh, you know, the, the, the prospects because uh, he covers them all year. So, uh, you know, I, I, I might tune into that. Uh, ESPN, uh, I'm not going to – I think we just had this discussion today on the board, and, you know, some guys said, you know, there'll be ESPN for life and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I know myself, Parcells, uh, a couple other guys, Toro, I think, uh, you know, said that we've switched over to NFL Network. And I think for all of us, all of us it was really – the uh, the jumping off point was when ESPN tried to uh, you know get the jump on on the other networks and social media 
and they would uh, basically spoil the picks with like a minute to go. They would show the kid on the phone. Um, and to me, like, you know, the whole, the whole fun of the draft watching the draft growing up is, you know, the surprises, you know, especially as a, as a jet fan, uh, you know, good surprises and bad surprises, right. but you know, still being, you know, not knowing who the pick is going to be until you actually hear the commissioner announce it. And they kind of ruined that for a couple of years. And, uh, yeah, I went over to, to NFL Network, and I, I think their coverage is, like, light years better than ESPN. Yeah, you know, it. I, 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 I seem to find they get more gimmicky in terms of the coverage uh, with each year. And yep. it's it's kind of a yeah you're right it's a, it's a real shame it was and they held on to like they tried to get away stay off of that for as long as they could too, you know they yep. they kind of hung on to Berman and Kuiper and company, but yeah, yep. those, those guys are past their prime. I mean to be honest with you, I think it's good they switched the the hosts. Yeah, yeah, and and the reason why Wingo isn't doing it anymore is because he's uh, he's not affiliated with ESPN at all. They oh, okay, so he left. When, uh, okay, yeah, they 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 let him go. Um, you know, I think they when they had like layoffs or whatever at the end of oh, last year. Oh, that's he right. Was, yeah. yeah, he was guys, and they basically right. axed him from from everything. Hmm. And somehow Stephen A. is still around. I guess he's making money for them or something. But yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a cash cow, so he ain't going anywhere. That's just too bad because I get these notifications yeah. on my phone. What ridiculousness! I think he still has like an hour long uh, radio show in New York and. You know, I don't know why anybody in New York would listen on the radio. <laughs> That's but, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's boggles the mind. Yeah, you're right. But I think you're right. I think the I think the right choice is definitely the NFL Network if you're going to pick one. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. I you know I wasn't completely aware about that about ESPN spoiling picks. That's rough. That's I can't do that. Like that's not fun. It was right at the, like, I want to say it was around, uh, like, 2012, 13, 14 in that range. Like, like when social media was just taken off, when, like, Twitter was just taken off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was almost like a, a race to see who would get, you know, the, the jump on uh, on who the pick was. And they were really bad with it. I mean, they'd show, like, the kid, uh, you know, for the next pick already on the phone. Uh, and then speculate, oh, is he, you know, is, is this going to be the next pick? And it just, to, to, for me, it ruined, like, the excitement as a fan, like, watching that. So, uh, you know, and I really, you know, didn't pay any attention to the NFL Network. And, and once I did, um, you know, I, I thought their coverage was a ton better. And the guys that, uh, you know, like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, uh, the guys on NFL Network, they're actual scouts or, you know, were scouts in the NFL mm-hmm. and worked in the front offices as opposed to uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, who, uh, you know, as far as I know, they, they had really nothing to do with football, um, you know, growing up, you know, or at least uh, at a professional level. Mm-hmm. and. You know, it, to me, that's the difference in, in, in the, within the two networks is uh, you get a little bit more um, authenticity with the NFL network. Yeah, that's that's good to see. Definitely, you worry that the NFL might start getting a little gimmicky on their in their on their own, but not the case. So let's yep. continue with our our coverage in earnest. Uh, let's go into the draft positions. We'll go by uh, position by position. We'll go through each of the different category positions. The big one, of course, as you know is the quarterback and it it's going to be uh that is going to be quite, I mean one and two are going to be easy. I don't think you worry about them. I mean, we know sure. that Lawrence is going one. Pretty good chance that 
Wilson will go number two, you think? Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. So the that re- is a lot. Yeah, I so that, that's pretty. So and then your Jets are picking at number two. I'm like, I can't. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, they have to. I mean, it's like, I can't even yeah, imagine. They'll t- no, they'll take Wilson. He's he's a pick. Yeah, very good. Uh, they traded Darnold to mm. Carolina. I think it was. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. I'm curious as to whether Carolina will draft a quarterback anyway, and you might see my draft that where I stand on that, but that would probably factor into who ends up being the third quarterback taken. Uh, two big names being talked about. Um, you have Trey Lance and then Mac Jones. And, mm-hmm. and you peased on Twitter that you were had some choice words about Mac Jones from <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> oh, man. I, mean, I don't know who's going to be picked between them first. I, I would assume it's going to be – it should be Fields. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. But all this talk yeah. about Lance, who's from like an FCS school, and then Jones because he's on Alabama. I mean, I don't understanding where all that hype came from. Yeah, you know, um, to me, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest. We're Mongos, Dave. I mean, we watch, and, and you know, we do it. We talk about it every week in the fall on your show. Um, but you know, me, you, Andy, John, I mean, we're guys who sit there and we'll watch every college football game, uh, on TV on the weekend. So we see most of these guys every weekend. And, you know, I think, you know, your, your eyes don't lie and you do get a sense of, you know, uh, when you're watching the games, whether, you you know, the quarterback you're watching is going to translate to a big time NFL. And, you know, we've been watching so long. We know the guys who benefit from the system and from the school they play for. Um, so for, for me, I mean, you know, since day one, when Trevor Lawrence first threw a football uh, at the collegiate level, I mean, you knew he was going to be the, the next big time quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, that that's a given. Uh, the other guys, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know Zach Wilson until this year. Right. Um, and, uh, but you know, with the whole pandemic thing going on and, and the, you know, the messed up schedules and everything, BYU was, was on TV every week. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it every week, right? I mean, we right. would always tune into the BYU games and uh, you know, he, he, there was definitely games where I felt like, damn, this, this kid is really electric, mm-hmm. you know, where, where'd he come from? Um, so I'm fine with him being, you know, uh, the, the second quarterback taken, uh, you know, you listen to all the scouts and stuff like that, and they'll they'll back that up. And I trust those guys. Um, but my problem is, is after that, uh, you know, Justin Fields, uh, not this past year, but the year before, um, was really, really good. And, you know, this year he struggled a little bit. But uh, to me, and he had bad games against good, the only good teams he played in the big the Big Ten. He had That's a bad fair. game in yeah. Indiana. He had a bad game against Northwestern. Yep. Um, but you know, and I was down on him. But when he played Clemson in the in the semifinal, he had a, a, probably the best game of his of his college career. And he did that getting hit, uh, getting taking a dirty shot and, and hurting his ribs, and he got right back up the next the next play. And I think he threw a touchdown. So he showed you something. And, uh, you know, the kid from watching his games, you know, he's got all the skill in the world. He has all the talent in the world. Uh, he's fast. He has a big arm. 
Uh, so that's to me, when you compare him against Mac Jones, I just don't see how they're at the same level, to be honest with you. I mean, Mac Jones is a, uh, you know, he has no athleticism, uh, whatsoever. And I understand that he threw 41 touchdowns this year and, and Alabama rolled to the national title, but he's also playing with, uh, basically a first rounder at every position on the offensive line. He's playing with two top 10, uh, really. picks at wide receiver. Yep. Um, and he's playing with the best coaching staff, uh, that any college team could ever assemble. Doesn't mean he's going to be, uh, it doesn't mean he's a bad player, or a bad kid. No, of course not. But to me, when you, take somebody like that and you try to uh, project them to the NFL. I mean, I just don't see it. I really don't. Um, to me, there's too many unknowns there. You know, it was he carried by the guys around them. Uh, you know, was he coached up to where he, you know, he knew where he had to throw the ball and the receivers that he were, were thrown to are such great athletes that you knew they were going to be open when he had to throw the ball and where he had to throw the ball. Um, and to me, when you put that guy in the NFL, in today's NFL, uh, you get somebody in, in your face, you don't have the time to sit there and, you know, make your perfect read. You got to improvise. And I think that's, to me, that's the biggest thing with uh, quarterbacks today in the NFL is you have to improvise and be able to, uh, to make a split second decision and get out of the pocket uh, and create more time for yourself. I think every great quarterback in the NFL does that now. And I just don't see Mac Jones having the ability to do that at all. I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, and to me, Justin Fields, he, they, listen, there might be some flaws and he might not be able to read defenses as well, although I think that's a little BS. But uh, I would I would take him 10 times out of 10 uh, if I had an NFL team based on the, the, you know, the fact alone that he can move in the pocket uh, he's a proven winner, and he did it with a little less talent than what Mac Jones did at Alabama. I mean, that, that's just me. And, uh, you know, when you throw Trey Lance in the mix, like like I was telling you yesterday, I mean, uh, after the 2019 season, I, I think it was Matt Miller, the NFL draft scout um, guy on, on the Internet, I, I think he had a, a thing out there after the 2019 season saying, uh, watch out for Trey Lance next year. He's going to be the second quarterback taken behind Trevor Lawrence. He had 19 touchdowns, no interceptions, and he ran for like almost a thousand yards. Uh, so I remember being excited to see, wow, this kid, you know, this kid might be special. Okay. And then he, the whole season got wiped out by COVID. He played one uh, exhibition game against, uh, I think it was Central Arkansas, and he played like crap. So to me, I mean, that's the one game I saw the kid and mm. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a professional level ex, you know, scouting expert. Mm. I can't project what he's going to do, uh, what his talents are. Um, so, I mean, to me, he's just an unknown. Uh, but I, I, I assume like, you know, seeing the videos and stuff like that, he has the raw talent to, to be a good NFL quarterback. Um, but to me, like I, w- I wouldn't feel comfortable you know, saying he's going to be an all pro quarterback or he should go top five, Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I just haven't seen him enough, but you know, I, I think we did see enough of fields 
and or, or, or yeah of Justin Fields and Mac Jones and to me I never got the impression watching Alabama that I was watching a uh, NFL you know Pro Bowl quarterback for Alabama yeah I, I, I just I just didn't and uh and, and you know to me he's not a first round quarterback he's a he's a guy maybe taken in the second round and uh you know he backs up for a year and then you know maybe you throw him in if somebody gets hurt but to hear him uh, being talked about as like the the number three overall pick boggles yeah. mind. It, it really does. Yeah, me too. Me too. I I was I was genuinely surprised when I when when they mentioned that. I I mean I didn't even think he would be in the top ten. Like I, that's that's how crazy that is. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so let me uh, remind everybody if you have a question for us in for our draft coverage, we are simulcasting live on YouTube tonight, and we have some viewers on it as we speak. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please uh, type in a question in the chat for either of us. Uh, really, it's for Ron. I mean, it, it could technically be for me, but I'm going to let Ron answer it because he knows more about this stuff. So, yeah, type, type in the question. You don't have to write the word question. Just type it in because uh, we'll see it. And um, we'll be happy to answer anything you have, like as far as like pick swaps or what you think about a certain position. We'll, 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 have, we'll cover all that tonight in our position rankings. So we've covered quarterback, and now – uh, we move on, move ahead to the position of wide receiver, and uh, Ron alluded to this earlier in the segment, where he said that two guys from Alabama are going to be ranked in the are going to be picked in the top ten, and I truly believe it. Maybe Devonte Smith gets picked number eleven, and I think that's where a lot of people project him to be picked for uh, by the Giants. It's a good pick, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so behind beyond them, you have Jamar Chase from LSU, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, and Elijah Moore from Mississippi. So uh, what's your feeling as far as the wide receiver position? Yeah, I think this is uh, the deepest position in this year's draft. Um, And I I think it's going to end up being just as uh, productive as last year's uh, wide receiver class was. And, you know, we saw a ton of guys come out and, uh, and make an impact this year in the NFL. Um, You know, uh, Justin Jefferson, um, you know, just a ton of guys came in and, and stepped in um, and contributed, at least in some way, uh, from last year's wide receiver class. And I, I think this year has, uh, uh, you know, they have the ability to be just as good. Um, and, and like you said, there's uh, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith uh, from Alabama, who uh, should be top 15 picks uh, at worst. Um, Jamar Chase from LSU is uh, probably going to be the first wide receiver taken. Um, he dominated two years ago when they won the national title. He opted out last year. But, uh, I mean, you know, I remember when they went on that run. I mean, the guy was unstoppable. And he was uh, he was dominating cornerbacks um, in the SEC who you saw go in the first round last year. So, uh, to me, he's a – you know, he's a no-brainer top five pick. You you take that kid all day and hope that, uh, you know, he he plays half as well as he did in, in college and, and you'll have a number one receiver for a long time. Um, Devontae Smith, you know, I, I, I know the big knock on him is, is his weight. I, I think he uh, weighed in at like 160 pounds uh, at the Alabama Pro Day or, or the medical day or whatever it was that the NFL had this year, but uh, I mean, that, that kid is, uh, he's as slippery as it comes and he's, a as good as route runner as I think I've ever seen in college. So, 
uh, I, you know, if I had a top 15 pick and either a receiver, I would pick him and not even think twice about it. Uh, I, I think he'll do fine in the NFL. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Marvin Harrison. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think the, the top three in the draft are, are superb. Uh, but there's a lot of depth there too. Like, like you said, Elijah Moore from, from Ole Miss, you know, what I've seen this year in this year's draft class is there's a big emphasis uh, in the NFL now on finding those, you know, they're, the NFL is always looking for the next guy, the next, you know, insert their name. And, and the big thing now is the next Tyreek Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're looking for the smaller guys, the smaller compact built fast guys who, uh, you could throw in the slot and throw and, and run gadget plays off of. Uh, so you see guys like Elijah Moore uh, from from Ole Miss. You see uh, Kadarius Tony from Florida, uh, Rondell Moore from um, from Purdue, uh, Diami Brown from North Carolina. I mean, all these all these guys are, are that type of receiver, that type of slot receiver, and and they're probably all going to go high, uh, at least within the first two rounds. And then you got, uh, you know, so so there's a big emphasis on those guys, but you also got the, uh, you know, the more traditional outside receivers, taller, bigger receivers uh, that you could get probably at the mid to late uh, first round, second round that are going to be good too, like uh, uh, Terrace Marshall from LSU, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, um, you know, your guy from USC, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think I'm saying his name right, uh, but there's there's a ton of guys out there. There's like, you know, probably 10, 12 receivers that could go uh, within the first three rounds, and they'll probably all contribute next year in the NFL. Uh, so this is a year if if you need a receiver, um, you could even uh, wait in until the second round. I know a lot of teams did that last year, uh, and it paid off for them. Uh, so you could even wait to the second or third round and, and pick up a guy, and he could probably start for you. Yeah, I mean, I've we've seen it in the past with like with uh, running backs, but I I certainly could see that with wide receiver as well. It's a it's a good call, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, continuing with the skill positions, we'll go to the what running backs in earnest. Now, I don't think this is going to be quite as deep as the tight end position, but we'll we'll stay we'll still we'll go these guys first. Um, who do you like from this group? Now we have a couple of good like veterans. Like ATN is a big yeah. one, and Najee Harris mm-hmm. is a big one too. But uh, who are some of the guys you like as far as the wide as the running backs? Yeah, I think to me, uh, and I know I know the draft and the NFL works different now. And yeah, you know, I've said it a million times. You don't take a you don't take a running back in the first round unless you're one of those teams that are close to making a Super Bowl run at the end of the. You know, where, wherever you pick in the first round, if you're close to making a Super Bowl run and a running back is the one position that you need to, to you know, get you over that hump, uh, to me that's the only reason why you would take a, a running back in the first round, given what we know about the position, um, you know, now in the NFL. Uh, but ATN and Najee Harris were two of my favorite uh, players to watch in, in college football the past couple of seasons. I think they're both of those guys are going to be really, really good, really special. Uh, Najee Harris, I mean, you know, he was just uh, so much fun to watch. Uh, you know, near the and I know a lot. You know, Alabama and Clemson always win, and it gets a little tiring. But 
you know, for me personally, like I would focus on a couple guys and, and watch them. So, you know, it wouldn't get tiring. And, uh, and to me watching like Harrison ATN the past couple of seasons, you know, made it worthwhile because those guys are really, really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think those two will be, you know, very, very good. I, I don't know if, uh, they'll go high in the draft. Uh, you know, I think the range for them is probably somewhere, uh, starting at like pick 20 going into the early second round. But if you get one of those guys in the second round, you're going to get a steal, um, past them. Uh, you got, uh, Javante Williams from North Carolina. Yeah, I watched I watched a bunch of North Carolina last year. Both running backs on North Carolina, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, uh, were really, really good. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I could definitely see those guys becoming NFL starters from day one. Uh, and, and they'll probably go, you know, in the second, second early, you know, early third round, the latest. Uh, they're going to be good. And you got – I actually think the, the running back position this year is uh, as deep uh, or, or is second only to wide receiver in terms of uh, the depth of player that you can get there, uh, because there's going to be guys going in the third, fourth, fifth round that I think are going to be, you know, instant contributors next year. You're going to have guys like uh, Chubba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. Um, you're going to have Kylan Hill from Mississippi State. Uh, you're going to have uh, Puka Williams from Kansas. I mean, these guys are. Uh, you, know, you know, these guys were productive in college, uh, you know, and definitely fit the mold of what a running back does in the NFL uh, nowadays as far as uh, pass catching ability and, uh, and, and shiftiness. So I, I think you're going to be able to get, if you're a, a team that needs a running back, you're going to be able to get somebody who's going to be able to start and be a, a big time contributor, probably, you know, in the middle to late rounds. Um and I think that's the dilemma that that teams go through now is, you know, do we take one of these kids like ATN and, and Harris high uh, thinking they'll be special or do we wait and we get like the Jaguars did with uh, James Robinson last year? Do we, do we take a kid in round five who we have uh, hopes for and do we uh, let him start and, and turn him loose and we'll get a decent enough production out of him uh, while not, um, you know, attributing a high draft pick to a running back. So I, I think that's the dilemma now in the NFL, but, uh, um, you know, I would love to see ATN and, and Harris go, uh, go high. Cause I think they'll be really good. Yeah. It, I it can't remember. I, it's been a while since I've seen a running back go top five. Maybe I just missed it, but, uh, I take one Barkley. Oh, Barkley. Yeah. 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 Good, good, call. good yeah. call. Good call. And I thought it was worth it, actually. But it's just that the Giants really shouldn't have picked the running back. It's just that, but he was worth the pick. He was, yeah. Listen, he was uh, definitely a top three talent in that draft. But uh, again, it's, uh, you know, it, it unless you're right there and you need uh, a dynamic running back to to push you over that that hump to you know go deep in the playoffs, it doesn't make sense to take a running back that high because. Uh, I mean, you, you said the Giants took Barkley at two and uh, he's, you know, entering his, his fourth year now and he's almost off his rookie contract and they haven't made the playoffs. Right. So, you know, for as dynamic as a player as he is and as good as a running back as he, as he is, was it worth it um, when you realize that they took a running back over uh, a quarterback when they had to take Daniel Brown or uh, Daniel Jones the next year? 
was it worth taking him over an offensive lineman or an edge rusher um, when you could have got a running back later in the draft? It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the, it, it, I don't know. It just, it doesn't really make sense unless uh, you're a team on the cusp to, to take somebody that high. Yeah, it's, I can understand that completely. Definitely. Like even like any skill position doesn't feel like top five material alignment. Yes. A defensive lineman. Yeah. You know, a quarterback. Absolutely. So it's, it's very tricky. No, no doubt. Um, so let's uh, finish the offensive side with tight end. We'll have a question from our friend, John in Georgia right after that. Uh, but as far as the tight ends, I mean, eh, a couple of good ones, particularly from, some of the, the blue bloods of our, our college football game. Uh, let's get your thoughts in the tight end position. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously the, the first tight end that's going to get taken is Kyle Pitts and uh, rightfully so. I mean, uh, you know, he's a big, fast, um, you know, offensive terror to match up against, um, you know, and, and, you know, I know we spoke about it on, on the college show, you know, he was a, he just like jumped off the screen when you saw Florida play. I mean, there's so many plays like there's, there's a couple games where he dominated. I mean, he was like, he would carry that Florida offense. And I, I think actually, um, I can't remember what game it was, man, but, uh, there was, there was a game where he didn't play. And, uh, and, and I took, uh, I took Florida to cover. And I, I, I can't remember who it was. They were playing a shitty team. And I mean, they looked like, uh, a completely different offense without him in there. Um, Kyle Trask looked like a like like a quarterback they found on the street. Um, <laughs> so you know, it, it just goes to show like how how much of a presence he had and how how good of a, a player he was. It seemed like whenever he was out there, he was he was just carrying that team. So um, you know, I, I definitely think he's worthy of a top ten pick, uh, and he's he's clearly the maybe the best offensive player in this year's draft outside of, uh, outside of the quarterback position. Um, so yeah, he's, he's definitely number one. Uh, you know, the rest of the tight ends, um, you know, they, they don't really do anything for me this year. Uh, I know uh, Pat Fryermuth from Penn state, he's up there, but uh, he was a guy like his sophomore and junior year or his, or his first two years at Penn state. I mean, he got talked up. They, they nicknamed him baby Gronk. Um, you know, they said he was going to be the next great uh, Penn state tight end and he was good. Uh, but you know, th- this past year, I don't know. The, the, the bloom is off the rose with him a little bit. Uh, I, I think he went from, you know, coming into the season, he was the consensus top uh, tight end. And, you know, he was thought of as, as a first-round pick. And, uh, you know, now that, you know, they're saying maybe second round, some point in the second round he'll get taken. Um, you know, his his athleticism just doesn't match up with what uh, you would expect a, tight ten, uh, a top tight end to, to have in this league. So I, I think he'll be okay. He'll be solid, but he's not anything special. Um, the other tight ends, uh, Tommy Tremble out of uh, Notre Dame, uh, kind of came out of nowhere last year uh, and had a really solid year. I think he's more, um, you know, uh, he's he's more like one of those new athletic tight ends that the NFL uses, kind of on the smaller side, but uh, faster than than most linebackers. So I, I think he has a chance to be okay. And uh, and Brevin Jordan from Miami is is the same way. 
you know, a guy who's a little bit on the smaller side, um, you know, 10 years ago might have played fullback instead of tight end. But, uh, you know, with these this new breed of tight end, they're a little bit smaller, but they're they're way faster than we're what we're used to with the tight end position. So I, I think he has a chance to be uh, OK, too. Cool. Well, with that, we we wrap up the skill positions. And now a question from our friend John in Georgia. He asks, where do you think the Bucks go at 32? Now, clearly, they won the Super Bowl, so it's a, it's a very fascinating position. I mean, you it's a problem you want to have. So their question – basically, he's asking, are they going to go offense or defense? I mean, this is a Super Bowl-winning team, but anybody can yeah. improve. So um, yeah. what do you think? You know, uh, I, I you know this, this offseason in the NFL, um, the Buccaneers, I think, did maybe one of the best jobs – of all time. I, I actually do think it's the best job of all time at bringing back your Super Bowl winning roster. I mean, usually when a team wins the Super Bowl, they get raided. Um, their, their roster gets raided. They can't keep, uh, they usually load up for that Super Bowl run. So they have to let a, a lot of guys go. Uh, the coaching staffs usually get raided. They, uh, they kept the coaching staff intact. They bought back every single starter from last year's Super Bowl team. And, you know, a lot of them were free agents and a lot of them had their contracts up. So it is amazing the job that um, the front office in Tampa Bay did to bring all those guys back. Uh, so I think at 32, I mean, it's one of those, you know, and every team strives to be able to take the best player uh, available and, and not have to reach for a need. Um when we know most teams do have needs and, and that, you know, when they reach for that best player, um, you know, they, they kind of uh, negate uh, what they should be doing. And, and, you know, sometimes it's better to draft for need, but Tampa Bay is really in a spot where they could literally take anybody that they want because their uh, roster is so set up right now that they can, they can and should go on another Super Bowl run next year. So, uh, I, I actually think it's they're set up to get wh- whoever the best player is uh, in the first round who falls to that spot at 32, they should take. Regardless of the position, regardless of offense or defense, they have the ability to take whoever is um, wh- who's ever fall. And, and it happens every year, you know, one or two guys fall uh, from that first round. So they are in perfect position to, to take someone who falls regardless of, of where they fall on the roster. Um, they're one of the teams, like if one of the quarterbacks ever fell, um, they would be a perfect team to, to pick them up because I mean, really they have, you know, Brady for as lever, however long he wants to play and then really nobody else behind him. Uh, so they would be a spot if a quarterback fell, um, you know, their receivers, uh, you know, I know they resigned Antonio Brown, but they could always use, uh, you know, another developmental receiver behind there, um, uh, another uh, edge rusher, you know, regardless, they're they're probably in the best position in the draft because their roster set and they have the luxury of taking whatever, whoever the highest guy on their board is, they can take and not even think about it. So, you know, it's a crapshoot who it is, but right. I would say whoever the, the best guy is that falls, they can take. I like that. I mean, best available. And what's awesome about their position is that there is almost no pressure on this draft pick as compared to no. the Niners at number three. Like huge right. pressure. 
So it's, yeah. it's a great spot. Whoever, whoever, the, whoever the Bucks pick probably isn't going to contribute right away next right. year, right? I mean, they have a they have a starter at every single position, but uh, you know, I think that will probably work out for them in the long run because I do think the the uh, the age of letting rookies sit is gone in the NFL, and I, I think in some instances you need that. So it'll probably work out for them in in the long run. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. This is Ron in New Jersey, by the way. He's uh, with us to cover the NFL draft. If you're tuning into us on YouTube, we're also on the podcast. Uh, if you've been subscribing to us, we're, we appreciate your continued support of this program. Uh, and in our draft coverage, we continue now with the linemen. We'll start with the offensive linemen, and we'll even break that down into two parts. So we'll start with the the tackles. And the biggest name out of all the tackles is Penay Sewell from from the University of Oregon. What can you tell you about him and the rest of the people of the tackle position? Yeah, Sewell's a, a guy who we heard from, um, you know, coming out of high school, he was one of the, the biggest uh, uh, tackle prospects, you know, as you know, for as long as I can remember, you know, he was up there. So, and I don't think he did anything at Oregon to, to damage that stature. So to me, he's, he's uh, clearly the first, um, tackle that should be taken off the board uh you know he's he's just he's super solid uh i know he sat out uh this past year but um you know give me that kid uh you know seven days a week and plug him in a left tackle and you don't have to worry about it for 10 years um rashawn slater's the next guy who will probably come off the board at offensive tackle uh really you know solidified himself this year at northwestern uh you know scouts love him um, you know, I, I, I lean into a lot of what uh, Daniel Jeremiah says from NFL Network, and he he's had him higher than Sewell the entire year. Um, so, you know, he's he's he worked himself up there. He's probably going to go top 10. You know, I think the, the furthest he, he falls is maybe pick 13. Um, and, and after that, you know, from everything I've read, uh, you have a lot of solid tackle prospects. Um but there's, I guess, some disagreement on whether whether or not they can play left tackle, right tackle. Some of them maybe have to move into to, to guard. But you got guys like uh, uh, Christian Darisoff from Virginia Tech, uh, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. There's actually a lot of tackles that could go in the first couple rounds. Walker Little from Stanford, uh, Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, depending on what team and what scheme they run, uh, they, these guys could go middle to late first round or they could slide into the third round, second or third round. So uh, I, I think, you know, the the depth is there. I don't know if it's high quality depth at the position, but, uh, uh, you know, certainly a, a lot of teams need tackles and uh, and there's going to be a bunch of them taken within the, uh, the first three rounds uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's a big priority, and it's become. I've noticed it's been a bigger priority in the last six or so years too. So um, the interior, the interior linemen are also a big part of this. You know, centers and guards. So what do you? Yeah. What? What? Who? Who stands out to you in the interior? Yeah, uh, number one is uh, uh, the guy uh, from USC, Elijah Vera Tucker, who um, I think he played everywhere on uh, the USC line. He played uh, last year. He played at left tackle. Uh, he's probably not good enough uh, or big enough, I should say, to uh, to last at, at tackle in the NFL. So, uh, to me, he's the top guard uh, on the board. Um, I, I 
in a perfect world, I'd love to see the Jets um, get him at pick 23. I don't know if he lasts that long, but, uh, you know, fingers crossed he does. Um, there's a couple centers in the, in the second round who, who should go high second round. Um, Landon Dickerson from Alabama, who, uh, you know, played at Florida State, and was a grad transfer, went to Alabama, uh, won a national title there. Um, and uh, Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, who, uh, you know, is old school, you know, country boy type center, uh, who I would love to see the Jets get as well. Um, and there's there's a couple guys, a couple other guys out there. Uh, um, Wyatt Davis uh, from uh, Ohio State is a, is going to be a starting guard in the NFL probably from day one. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a bunch of uh, of guard centers out there who we're going to see probably in the second or third round, but. Uh, to me, Vera Tucker is the, uh, the the first guy and the and the top guy that should go. All right. So, um, from from the uh, offensive line, we now move to the defensive line, and we'll start with the edge guys. The edge guys get all the you know the edge guys get the glory. I mean, you, you see the most sacks yeah. from them, so they get the most attention. Yeah. So we'll start there. Um, some good ones. I mean, you've got uh, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, Jason yeah. Oway from Penn State, and some others. Um, who do you like from the edge rushers this year? You know, uh, to me, the defensive line the, and the edge rushers this year, um, it's a really – it might be the worst group that we've seen in the past four or five years Oh, from that group. <laughs> um, just because there's there's nobody – you know, the, the, for as long as I can remember, there's always that one uh, – pass rusher guy that will go top five. Cause Hey, listen, every, every NFL team is looking for a pass rusher, right? right. I mean, every, right. regardless of, you know, whether you're uh, a perennial playoff team or one of the worst teams, you're always looking for a pass rusher. Uh, and, and this year, you know, there's, there's nobody who's going to go top 10 and, you know, that's, that's an upset in my opinion. And yeah, I guess the, yeah. And the, and the reason being is because they all have, uh, they all have flaws. Um, you know, Quiddy Pay is a guy who is a bit undersized to play, uh, you know, a true three, four outside linebacker. Uh, you know, does he have the athleticism to, to, to be a four, three, uh, defensive end? So you have those questions. Um, a guy like Jalen Phillips, uh, who's probably the next Ed rusher from uh, Miami, uh, a guy with uh, a long injury history, you know, he definitely, you know, he has the statistics and he, he produced on, on the field, but, you know, he's a guy who uh, started off at UCLA, played there four years. Uh, you know, I think he, he missed a, a season or two there, came over to Miami, got hurt, but still was productive. Um, so you got to worry about injury history with them, with him. Uh, you have Aziz Algeri from Georgia, who, uh, to me, he was the most electric uh, pass rusher last year in college football. Uh, but again, he's a guy who might be a little bit undersized for the NFL. You know, where do you play him? Uh, you know, can he be a, a hand in the dirt defensive end or do you move him to uh, to linebacker and then let him uh, rush the passer from there? Um, Gregory Russo, who from Miami, another guy who, you know, came into the year as uh, a projected top 10 pick and uh, and just didn't, you know, didn't pop or uh, – 
or, you know, uh, show enough this year to, to solidify that. Now he's a guy who might, um, you know, go in the, the, the mid to late second round. So, you know, there, there's a bunch of, of and, and Jason uh, Owe, as you said, from Penn State, who, uh, you know, flashed at, at certain points and at certain points, you know, would disappear. So uh, there's nobody dominant this year. Uh, there's a lot of guys who, you know, you you have to be a team that uh, thinks one of these guys will fit specifically into your scheme and you can uh, you can harness, you know, the best of their abilities. Uh, but but there's not that one or two dominant guys who are going to go top ten. It's going to be a crapshoot, you know. Uh, like I said, every team needs an edge rusher, so so these guys might get overdrafted and and go higher than they should. Uh, but none of them are, uh, you know, surefire uh, Pro Bowlers, NFL Pro Bowlers. That that's my opinion. Okay, it, it's that's a very interesting take because it's uh, it's certainly a big difference from past years. But I think you're, you're right about yeah. that. So, yep. Let's see if there's any more value on the interior in terms of the linemen. Uh, the two biggest names I can think of, uh, Christian Barmore from Bama, and then and then after that I don't really know. I mean. Would you go? Yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head, Dave. It's uh, <laughs> even uh, even the the interior defensive line this year, very thin, very thin yeah. group of uh, of players who um, can contribute right away. And it's it's Christian Barmore from Alabama who, uh, you know, could go high. You know, middle first round of uh, of the draft. You know, could go later first round, early second round. Uh, but after him. Uh, it's, it's very, it's very thin. These are like, uh, you know, second, third round, fourth round guys at best, uh, take your pick of who you like. Um, you know, you have, uh, the the kid from Washington, his name is, is, uh, is failing me now. Lini is, is working or something like that. Uh, you have him, you have, uh, Jalen Twyman from, from Pitt. You have, uh, Tommy, toe guy from Ohio state, you know, all these guys are, are, are names. Um, they're, they're decent, but they're, they're no better than, you know, second, third, fourth round guys. And, uh, you know, that's, a like I said, the, the defensive line, the edge rushers this year, definitely the weakest group that we've seen in a long time. Boy, that's really saying something. I mean, that has been the bread and butter for a lot of NFL draft first rounds in, in, over the years. So it, that really and you yeah, know, tr- trust me, I know the Jets seem to take one every year. So. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, no doubt. I have this from uh, from Parcells falling out. Uh, he, I'm glad he's okay. Number one, uh, but number two. <laughs> I see with that comment yeah. that he was the, he's got footage of the Syria hostage. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, so good. But anyway, yeah, he says if the Giants take an edge at eleven, I'm jumping out a window. <laughs> yeah, that'd be rough. Uh, you know, I agree with him. And uh, you know, speaking specifically about the Giants, um, I was talking to them about this the other day. You know, I was reading somewhere where. Uh, their front office, Gettleman and, and Joe Judge, uh, they tend to draft guys from schools where they have connections to the uh, the coaching staff, uh, and, and you know they have connections at Alabama, Penn State, a um, couple other schools, uh, maybe Georgia, uh, so you know, and Michigan. So you got to worry if you're a Giants fan that. Uh, uh, you know, they maybe take Quiddy Pay from Michigan at 11 when, 
you could have Devontae Smith sitting there. You could have uh, Rashawn Slater, the tackle, sitting there. You could have uh, maybe, you know, a cornerback sitting there. And, you know, all these positions in need, uh, which the Giants could and, – and, you know, the talent is is better in those guys than a quitty pay at edge rusher. And if, if Dave Gettleman, uh, you know – Ops to go with that edge rusher guy. I would I would be the same way if I was Parcells. I'd want to just jump out a window and and you know be done with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wouldn't blame him there. So we've so that takes care of the line again. Wow, it's uh, not that's not going to be where where the action is this year. So let's now go to the line men. I'm sorry, to the cornerbacks. Wait, do you want to do cornerback or do you want to do linebacker first? Because like I, I'm not sure. You do. We could do linebacker. Okay, let's go linebackers. That makes more sense because uh, yeah. And and honestly, I kind of have the same feeling. I'm like, I guess we got a couple of good ones. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think with the linebackers this year, and, and listen, um, you know, the past ten years, I mean, the linebacker position in the NFL has been devalued to the right, point where right, right. you know it, it's it's a shock when you see a linebacker go in the first round. Um, but I do think there's there's a couple guys at the top of the linebacker uh, class this year that are, are going to be good, uh, and then I think it falls off to like, I mean you're 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 looking at like uh, practice squad and like special teams players, um, but the, the the guys at the top, um, Zaven Collins from Tulsa, uh, who's who's a freak last year. We 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 got into the Tulsa games. Uh, you know, watching the AAC and Cincinnati and Tulsa. And, I mean, he's a guy who jumped off the screen. He was all over the place every single play. Uh, so he, he's going to be decent. Um, uh, the kid from Notre Dame, I, his, his name, Jeremiah Owosu, you know, whatever his name is, uh, mm-hmm. he's he's one of those, um, you know, kind of hybrid guys. You know, he's, he's, he's almost like a tall safety, but you could play him anywhere on the field. Um, He's going to be a good one. Uh, uh, Jamin Davis from Kentucky. Uh, he's probably going to go first round, early second round. Uh, you know, another guy, linebacker with uh, size and speed. Uh, he's going to, you know, should be a day one NFL starter. Nick Bolton from Missouri is one of the, uh, you know, one of the guys you could plug in the middle of uh, linebacker core and start from day one. But once you get past those guys, uh, you know, it, it just like completely falls off a cliff and, you know, you're, you're whoever you're taking after that. I mean, you're, you're completely taking a shot in the dark on and hoping that they can develop into an NFL starter. Yeah. I, I mean, it's as I, you know, again, like, I don't think, Oh, and Michael Parsons from Penn state. I'm oh, sorry. There, I oh, forgot, there you go. That's I forgot right. him. Yeah. You know, he should, be, he's going to be the first linebacker taken and probably taken, uh, you know, within the first 15 picks. Um, and he's an interesting case because, uh, you know, he's got the size, the speed, the athleticism, uh, you know, just blew up plays with Penn state. Um, he took last year off, uh, and, and some people questioned his, uh, his desire to play football based on previous comments and stuff like that. So there might be a little bit of character concerns. I don't know how overblown that is, but he's a guy who has the talent to be a top 15 pick. Well, whether or not a team values that position enough to make him a top 15 pick is another question. Um, but yeah, he's, I, he totally slipped my mind, but he should be the first linebacker taken uh, in the draft. 
If, uh, you know, it's funny that all these Penn State guys are being selected this in the first, or at least projected in the first round. I don't remember them being that good. But it's been... They were awful last yeah. year. But, you know, <laughs> and, and that's, uh, you know, that's fine with me that they were awful. But uh, a lot of them opted out, too. Oh, that's uh, right. That's a good point. Which, yeah. which is, you know, that was, they were one of those programs where it seemed like half the kids just didn't come back to play. And they were awful mm-hmm. uh, with, with the other half that did. So, you know. It's uh, some some weird stuff went on there last year for sure. Yeah, it was definitely a one year anomaly for sure. I think yeah. it'll be a little more stable this year, you know. Yeah. Between a lot of stuff. Okay, so uh, only two positions left to break down, and we have the outside, basically the defensive backfield, and mm-hmm. we can start outside in. So that we'll start. We'll go with the cornerbacks, and uh, so yeah. What do you think about the cornerbacks? I mean, Patrick Sertain is I is the biggest name I can think of, and then yeah. you have J C Horn. From yep. from South Carolina, so yep. those are pretty good anchors there. Uh, who do you like in that group? Yeah, I mean those two guys should definitely go uh, at the top of the draft. Sertain was, you know, another you know Alabama guy who five star recruit. Um, you know, just never disappointed. Uh, so he he should be the top cornerback. Uh, J.C. Horn, who's the uh, of course the son of uh, Joe Horn, uh, Saints great Joe Horn. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy who has athleticism off the charts. I've, I've seen some concerns about how grabby he is and how, uh, how apt he is to, uh, to draw penalties. So that might be a little bit of, of a concern, uh, Caleb Farley from Virginia tech, who, uh, should be challenging certain for the top cornerback, uh, spot in this draft, but, uh, he's coming off of two back surgeries. So there's, there's a big, uh, injury. Uh, worry there to the point where he might slide even to the uh, uh, the end of the first round, early second. Um, but uh, but if he's healthy, he's good. Uh, Greg Newsom from Northwestern, uh, a guy who who really came on this year, and uh, the Northwestern defense is always uh, well coached, as we know. Oh yeah, uh, you mm-hmm. enjoy Pat Fitzgerald's uh, coaching there. But uh, you know, th- this year especially, their defense was was really solid. And uh, and he and he was a big reason for that. So he should uh, he should go in the first round. Uh, he should go in the first round too. Um, and really, I mean, I know there's a you know corner is, is another position that seems to get overdrafted in, in the NFL um, nowadays because every team is is looking for a cornerback. But I think once you get out from that that group of guys at the top, uh, again, a lot of these guys have flaws. Um, you know, whether it be speed, size, you know, some guys only uh, will only play in the slot. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, basically you're, you're taking guys uh, outside of that group, those first four or five guys, and you're hoping that you can coach them up and put them in the best situation. So uh, there's not a lot of, uh, of, of great players after, after the first five guys. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's the case every year. In, in, in the NFL draft and they seem again they 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 teams tend to overdraft those guys stockpile cornerbacks and hope that they could coach one of them up to be a legit a legit NFL player right um did you mention Asante Samuel Jr son of no but he's another he's another guy there's a lot of uh you know that there's a lot of those uh legacy guys yeah. in, in this year's draft and, and he's he's definitely another one um you know, he'll, he'll probably go in the second round. Okay. Uh, he's not at that, that first level of the other guys, but uh, 
you know, definitely a guy who, uh, who you could, you know, take a flyer on in the second round and hope that, uh, you know, even if you stick him in the slot for his first year and hope he develops into an outside quarterback, uh, he, he's definitely got the talent there to, to get it done. Yeah. I mean, I, I buy into that for sure. Um, a question, this comes in from Digia 1980. He says he likes Caleb Farley the most out of the, that group, but he has injury concerns. Yeah. Yeah. Two back surgeries, two major back surgeries, um, in the, in the past year. Uh, so, I mean, when he's on the field, I mean, he has the best, probably the best tape out of, uh, any of the cornerbacks. Um, but if you're an NFL team, can you commit a first, a high first round pick, um, probably to a, uh, a, a cornerback who has a bad back at the age of, you know, 21, 22, 23, uh, it's, it's a big risk. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I was an NFL team if I'd be comfortable taking that risk. Yeah, very dicey if you're going to be drafting that high with somebody with that known injury risk. Um, so let's round it out with the safeties. And the biggest um, the guys that pro football focus thought were at the top of the field were Trayvon Moeg from, uh, from TCU, Elijah Molden from Washington, and Jamar Johnson from Indiana. Uh, now Indiana's defense looked good at the beginning yep. of the season, so that I think you you can see that because they, they really did have a nice secondary for a little while. But uh, who do you like the most out of the out of the safety position? Yeah, M- Morg from TCU is probably going to be um, you know the the best bet. The uh, um, you know the first guy taken, uh, you know, so I, I think he'll be uh, he'll be good. He can go anywhere in the the later half, half of uh, round one. To, to round two um the safety class this year is uh is, is pretty weak though in my opinion um you know we've had the past couple drafts where we've seen a, a safety go pretty high uh you know we saw jamal adams go top 10 uh, a couple of years ago um i don't think there's any guy like that in this year's draft um there's a lot of tweeners uh like you said elijah molden from from washington who uh, played corner uh, his entire career at, at Washington, and now they're projecting him to be a safety. Uh, so, so the safety class this year is is, is weaker than it has been. Um, but again, a safety to me is another one of those positions where uh, almost like a running back, you can get a starting safety uh, as long as he fits your system in, in rounds two, three, four, and five. And, and plug them in into an NFL defense. Uh, you know, as, as long as you have speed and some size, uh, you, you can get those guys and, and have them start uh, or contribute from day one. But uh, this year's class is definitely one of the weaker ones that I can remember. Boy, that's a, it's just such it's so interesting how defense just in general just seems to be weaker all the way across the board. It's funny. This 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 is probably the weakest uh, defensive draft. Um, that I can remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I do think that it, it has something to do with, uh, you know, with the whole COVID season and, uh, and and that whole scenario. Because you really, if you think about it, I mean, you you basically took out a population of players, right? Because the FCS is, is playing their season now. Right. And they had a lot of those guys, um, you know, stay and who normally would be in the, in the draft class this year, those guys stayed and, and played this season. 
you also had a lot of guys who decided to, they opted to go back to college um, for the upcoming season so they could get a full season and maybe put, you know, more games on tape for the NFL scouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you're seeing a, a smaller and more diluted uh, draft class this year. At least that's my opinion. And, uh, and you're seeing it mostly from power five schools and uh, you're just not seeing the, uh, the, the, the depth and the sleepers and those guys who come out of nowhere, usually in the, in the whole draft process, you're not seeing those guys this year. It's, it's basically, you know, what you have from the big time schools and that's it. Yeah. So needless to say, I don't think there's going to be much to talk about in terms of sleeper picks. <laughs> there, there's a couple guys. Okay. I, I could... Yeah. Um, you know, as far as the sleepers go, I, I think uh, a guy like Rondell Moore, the wide receiver from Purdue who dominated uh, two years ago, he sat out last year, kind of got like pushed as an afterthought. Um, you know, once draft season started because the other receivers, uh, you know, took precedence. I think he's a guy who will probably go in the second round and end up in five years being one of the, you know, top 10, 15 receivers in the league. Um, so I know he's not that much of a sleeper, but he's he's a guy who definitely is undervalued, in my opinion, um, for sure. Uh, you know, another guy who, uh, who I think could – who's – a sleeper, you know, quote unquote, is uh, Michael Carter from North Carolina. He's he's uh, the running back from North Carolina. He's he's behind the top three running backs. You know, he's maybe a round two, three pick. Uh, but I think he could end up being, you know, better or at least as productive as uh, Harris and ATN, uh, depending on the team that he goes to. Uh, so I, I, I think he's, uh, you know, he's one of those guys who will come out of nowhere. And uh, I'll give you a defensive one. Um, Peyton Turner, the uh, the edge rusher from Houston, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who was he has great size. He's like six five, like two seventy. Um, runs fast. Uh, was was hurt on and off uh, his entire career really at Houston until uh, this past season, and he turned it on and uh, and led the team in sacks. And I think he's a guy who looks like he's a, a late bloomer who. You know, depending if, if he goes to the right team and gets to maybe, uh, you know, be a rotational end for a while before he could move into a full-time starter, I think he could end up being a steal in, uh, you know, the, the round three or four uh, um, area for uh, for a team who needs an edge rusher. And, and, and certainly, I think if you're going to go after edge rusher, maybe that's the way to do it. So, yeah. Know. Yeah, and you know you're right. It's it's you're you're probably better off taking a developmental guy who has some flaws uh, in the middle rounds instead of reaching in rounds one and two uh, for the same type of player and getting uh, you know less production from them. Yeah, I think I think your analysis here is very much on point because I mean as we were watching the games, like I didn't really get the same feel about these guys either. So yeah. much more, you know, really seriously, like defense and just in general was, der- was terrible last year. I mean, yeah. And, and we watched, you know, we watched a ton of Miami games yeah. and uh, their, their defense played like crap. And uh, so, you know, you're talking about the guys like Russo and Jalen Phillips being, you know, talked about as, you know, first and second round picks. And I mean, nobody on that defense uh, stood out to me last year. Yeah. No question. I cannot agree more. So now we will we'll now we'll go to our draft, but but before we do, we'll we'll take in a quick 
question from LT56 from the board, and he asks, um, this is not actually a draft question, but he asks, what do you think, Ron, about the Giant? What do you think the Giant? I guess, what do you think about the Giants taking the fifth-year rookie option on Saquon, meaning do you think they'll do it? Yeah, I think they announced today that they did do it. Oh, they did. Um, okay. So what do you think yeah. about it, I guess, is the question. I mean, at this point, you have to do it, uh-huh. right? I mean, you know, he's you know he's the second pick in the draft. Uh, he's he's contributed. You know, he's done what he's supposed to do every single season. I know he got hurt last year, but um, you know, uh, again, the way that Gettleman um, constructed the roster of the Giants is not good. Uh, and, and I'll give credit to him this past offseason. He he definitely he filled the holes that they needed with these high level or, you know, high priced free agents. Uh, I still have questions about uh, the depth on that roster and the construction of it, because, you know, he still has a lot of holes at offensive line. Uh, you know, he has uh, his subpar players. Uh, well, obviously at quarterback, I mean, that's the biggest one on the field, but, to me, you can add all these high-priced free agents. You can have Saquon Barkley, and you're wasting them if you don't have the right quarterback and an offensive line to protect that quarterback. And I think those are the two areas that he's failed in. He he doesn't have a, a great offensive line, uh, and he he really didn't do anything to to upgrade it this offseason. And he's you know relying on Daniel Jones who. I think we've seen enough of, uh, enough of him these first few seasons to know that he is not a, uh, a franchise Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, he's one of those guys who you probably have to surround him with a ton of offensive weapons, uh, put him behind a, a, a stellar offensive line to, to get the most out of him. And they just haven't done that. No. I mean, you broke that down earlier too, like th- how this ha- this could have been prevent. This was completely preventable, which was yeah, cool. yeah, right. It, 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 listen, like you said, Saquon Barkley going at two is is not bad, um, but considering what team took him, it was bad. Yeah, uh, and and if they thought that he was their guy, uh, I still say you know the, the move there that year would have been to move down because it was a quarterback heavy draft. That was the the Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen. Uh, you know, uh, draft uh, and Josh Allen draft. So they could have moved down a couple spots, picked up an extra pick. Even if they wanted to take Barkley, you take him at four, five, six, one of those picks, um, and you have other uh, draft picks to 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 build around. Um, you know, the team and, and to build up other areas of the roster. So taking taking him at number two. Listen, he is a, a top three player in that draft, but it just was not the right spot for the Giants to take him. Position need is a big factor in this situation. So um, yep. I will say um, in, in terms of the extension, um, we have an agreement from a couple of quickies back on the board, and he, he also agreed. He thought that they had to do it. He said too much stock invested, and you can't extend him until you see how he plays. Like, it's just – it's hard. You can't, it's just not. It's too soon to make that call because he just had a huge injury, if you remember, right. and and basically, um, you know, you, you got to see how he comes back from that. And and we all know that running backs. He's still pretty young, so I'm not gonna go use the 27 year old curse thing, but he's still pretty young. But it, it's a it's a tricky spot. It's a tricky spot. So I think that's the the reasonable call. 
Um, so let's give you one more. And um, this comes in for this. This came in on the chat. He says, "Hey, Beebs, it's organic, organic chicken fingers." Oh, All right. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Um, how do you feel about Greg Newsom? So we talked about that earlier, but perhaps uh, re- re- refresh us on Greg Newsom, the Notre Dame linebacker. Well, Greg Newsom is uh, is actually the Northwestern cornerback. Um, oh no, no, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm saying I think he meant or the Notre Dame linebacker. Sorry, my fault. Or the so uh, I assume he means for the Jets, and uh, you know, in my opinion, um, I would be fine with either guy, and. and uh, sorry, my battery was dying on the computer, Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, but I, I would be fine with either guy because, uh, and I, I was saying this on the board uh, earlier today, the, the, the Jets' linebacking core outside of C.J. Mosley is basically non-existent. Uh, they have nobody there. Um, so at pick 23, if you want to go with a linebacker, you want to take a linebacker, that the kid from Notre Dame, I say – you know, solid pick. Jets need it. Uh, you know, the kid is uh, a special talent. You know, take him and and plug him in at, at, at starting linebacker. They need somebody there. They're they're going to need to take somebody this draft. Uh, you know, regardless of where it is, uh, they need a linebacker maybe too. Uh, Newsom. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I. There, there's other areas of need. Um, I think the Jets should focus on and uh, you know, again, you know, with Robert Sala being the coach of the Jets, I think he has the ability to get um, or, or to scheme um, the defense the way that he wants it uh, maybe without um, needing like an all pro cornerback. Uh, obviously they need, they need upgrade at cornerback and they'll probably sign Richard Sherman after the draft or uh, somebody like that, and they'll probably draft a guy. But if you look at the model that they had in, in San Francisco, it was to load up on the defensive line and, and the edge rusher guys uh, to take pressure off of the cornerbacks. Um, they didn't really have anybody, you know, of significance at quarterback outside of Richard Sherman. So, um, you know, I, I think there's other areas that Jets should focus on uh, at the, you know, at the top of the draft than, than cornerback. I think that's well said. I, I certainly am not a close. You are much closer to that situation than me, but I, I think that's well. That that's a pretty decent decent call in that scenario. So we now segue into our mock drafts. It's principally your mock drafts. I'll just basically give you my pick <laughs> at the end of it. <laughs> so we will start with the first pick in our mock drafts. We do not do any trades, but that's a fun thing for people to do. Unless you want to, if you want to do some simulated trades, that's that's up to you. But uh, other, I'm not going to with mine. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You good? Okay. So yeah. uh, we'll start with pick number one, and we're gonna go with the Jaguars. And oh, this why are maybe drumming this up? It's so easy. It's oh. easiest pick ever. Right. 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 Yeah, Lawrence. There's no doubt. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. All right. But again, funny, funny how uh, you know, funny how. Once the Jets won that game late in the year, you didn't hear any talk about you know Trevor Lawrence forcing his way out of yeah. uh, of Jacksonville <laughs> to go to uh, San Francisco or a team like that. Uh, it was yeah. you know it was implied that oh it's not the Jets so it's good enough for him so <laughs> you know as and, and listen as good as he is and he is in my opinion 
Uh, you know, there's three quarterbacks that I've seen in uh, the past 10, 15 years, 20 years in my lifetime, we'll say, um, that I think were guaranteed success in the NFL. It was Manning, Luck, and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I easy number one pick overall, but, uh, you know, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility uh, for the Jaguars to, to screw things up with him because, you know, they don't exactly have the best track record right, in the world. Right. I mean, yeah, you have Urban Meyer, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, we we. Start... I actually think that's a detriment, to, yeah. to be honest with you, because you know Urban Meyer is one of those guys who you know they had to convince him to come out of of retirement to to coach. So you know, how deeply invested is he in uh, you know being there long term, especially for a team that you know has one foot out the door into London, yeah. um, and, and and an owner who you know has his you know, has his hands in, in so many different pots, you know, in, 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 uh, soccer and wrestling, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think it's as peachy of a uh, scenario as the, the national media paints it with Lawrence and the Jaguars, but we'll see. All right. So two, this is going to be just as easy and it's your jets yeah. with the pick. Who do you have? Got to take Zach Wilson. Um, although I wouldn't be opposed to Justin Fields, but you know, to to me, it's 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 going to be Zach Wilson. Yeah, I I think that's a. I'm not. There's not. I mean, there's no reason to even go on about it. I think that's the obvious pick. So okay, and now for the exciting part. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> number three, number one. Do you think? Well, so you're not going to do a mock trade or anything. Okay. But yeah. do you think the Niners will will buy and will 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 give into the hype? and go with Mac Jones way the hell up at three, or will they go Fields, or will they go somebody else? Listen, I can't for the life of me. and They'll probably take Mac Jones, but I can't uh, in my mind envision Mac Jones going number three in the draft. It's hard. Um, <laughs> and uh, and, and I, I read, like, you know, the speculation today that uh, – you know they're gonna. They want to take Mac Jones because he's the most NFL ready guy. They'll they'll take him. They'll they'll trade uh, Garoppolo to the Patriots. They're already working on that, um, and then use the money that they save and try to get like a Julio Jones. I don't know. Maybe that happens. Maybe that's what they're thinking is. Um, but I I can't you know in in good faith say that Mac Jones is number three pick in the draft. Uh, so I'm gonna say that they take Trey Lance. Okay. Um, there, there's other connections, uh, you know, connecting him to, to San Francisco and the coaching staff. Uh, I'll, I'll say Trey Lance is uh, the, the pick to the 49ers. Yeah, that would be a really good pick, going with Lance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And listen, hey, hey, everybody, and, and I know your, your buddy Coach is a huge 49er fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody gives Kyle Shanahan a pass and says that he's this, you know, quarterback guru and – offensive uh god and and listen he's he does a great job i'm not i'm not gonna say that but he's he was also part of the leadership um that opted to give kirk cousins a big uh contract and pass over um mahomes and deshaun watson there in their year uh he's he's also a guy who gave jimmy garoppolo a big (laughs) contract to be a quarterback uh, so I don't think he's uh, infallible when it comes to, uh, you know, the quarterback position. And, and let's let's be fair. I mean, Garoppolo has been hurt the past two years yep. or two out of the past three years, I should say. 
and they didn't have exactly get stellar pl- play from the, the the backup quarterbacks that they had. So, um, you know, I don't I don't buy into the fact that he could take any of these guys and, and instantly turn them into uh, uh, the next uh, you know Joe Montana. So that that's just my my little side opinion. Yeah, and and why would you move to three for that anyway? Like it's not as if I, I doubt right. that Jones would fall would even need to be picked that high. That's the sort of my feel. But I Agreed. Said, yep. Right. Well, we said that about two other guys in the past. Like number one, we had said it about Mitch Trubisky and, and the Bears. Yeah, yeah you're did. right. Yep. <laughs> and then yeah, we, you're right. <laughs> I mean, and then we said it about um, Daniel Jones some years, yeah. a couple years back. We were joking, yeah. like, "Oh, could you imagine if the Giants did that?" And we were all laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if if they do take Mac Jones at three, to me, it'll be worse than the Giants taking Daniel Jones at I can, six. Yeah. <laughs> I'm completely. But that's not, that's my opinion. There's no doubt know? about that. I think that's why Coach has been having a really some restless nights. You know, thinking yeah, it's about rough. it. But yeah, I mean. It's a terrible pick if you go that high with him. You know, if you remember the year that the Jets got Darnold, they traded up to uh, pick three around the same time that the 49ers did. Yeah. And they basically had no idea who was going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, they I think they were kind of like hoping that, um, you know, Mayfield was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then the Browns decided to take him instead of uh, Darnold. And, uh, you know, that didn't ex- exactly play out well for the Jets. But, um, you know, if you're trading up to that spot uh, – and you don't already know who you want, um, you know, I'd be very surprised. Um, So, you know, they, they, they have their mindset on one of these guys. I just have a hard time believing it's Mac Jones. Yep. Very, 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 very fair. Now, interestingly, I, in my mock, I have Justin Fields and, uh, it, to be honest with you, my argument was this, I just, kind of what we were talking about like we you just don't have enough of a sample size with lance for me to really make much of an opinion but right. if we don't i just don't understand i don't really it just seems like too big a risk to take somebody from that high from an fcs school so maybe, who hasn't played in a year yeah good point good point so i don't know i, I just so i figured let's just go with a more proven name in this scenario yes. It's not like you're going to complain if you get Justin Fields, honestly. I would take Fields three if I was the 49ers. Yeah. I just I, I have a feeling they're not going to do that. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, yeah, because I, I guess that makes sense. Because like Lance is my kind of the kind of guy that Kyle Shanahan would probably like to have in his right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's one of those guys who who Shanahan I think you know thinks he can mold into what he right. what he wants as a as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think you know what you're getting with Justin Fields, but I'd still I would take him Same. over uh, you know Trey Lance or, or Mac Jones. Yep. Okay, so that that's a very pivotal moment in the draft. So the rest of this won't yeah. be quite as dramatic. Um, right. Where the fourth pick that Falcons select? Uh, Kyle Pitts, the uh, the tight end from Florida. Um, and, and this is a spot where I originally like it's draft season. I thought they would be taking a quarterback. Uh, but I think they're, you know, they have the new GM there. I think they, uh, they restructured Matt Ryan's contract to actually make it harder for, uh, for them to get rid of him in the next two years. Uh, so I, I think they're all in on, um, trying to rebuild quickly and, and make, uh, one more playoff push with Matt Ryan. Uh, and I think Kyle Pitts is, is the best player in the draft, um, outside of Trevor Lawrence. So I think they're going to take him, um, and, and it, it allows them to move on from Julio Jones too, because 
they're over the salary cap still. They need to 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 get rid of that salary um, from Julio Jones. Uh, they can build their offense around uh, um, oh, uh, Calvin Ridley and and the other receivers, and and you know now Pitts and uh, and uh, Hunter Henry at tight end, and and uh, be able to to you know move on in that direction. So I, I think they're going to take foul Pitts. Yeah, cool. So now with the fifth pick, we are up to the Bengals. We had a big draft last year. They went with they went with Joe Burrow, and he looked really, really good until he got hurt, which was such a bummer. But yeah, but now I think this is a good opportunity for them to right the wrong because the biggest flaw, what was it? Offensive line. It was just horrible. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah, you know, I would love to say uh, Sewell because that makes the most sense and that's what they, you know, they need, like you said. Um, you know, they did, uh, to their credit, they did invest in the offensive line this, this offseason. From everything you hear, it seems like they're leaning towards Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. I think, I personally think that's a mistake. Uh, I'm sure you do too. Um, but I think that's what the Bengals are going to do. Yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, as you know, he's going to be great, but I, uh, God, he's gonna, he's going to. I mean, he's gonna. His career is going to be like three years if they don't get, if they don't make a serious commitment to that line. You're right, and and you know their wide receivers aren't terrible to begin with. I mean, they have Tyler Boyd, they have uh, T. Higgins. I mean, to me, the offensive line is, you know, a, by far a bigger concern. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, from everything you hear, unless it's a smoke screen, they prefer uh, Jamar Chase. All right. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, let's <laughs> go to code number – oh, so for five, I I, I picked Sewell, Sewell, but you're probably right, honestly. I, I think that makes sense. Okay, so six. at the, With the Dolphins, the Dolphins will select. Uh, I'm going to say Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver from Alabama. I think uh, they need to – continue to surround Tua with, uh, with offensive weapons. And, you know, um, I think they signed Kenny Fuller, uh, this, this off season. He was their big, uh, wide receiver addition. Um, but they still need more. Um, you know, they're, they're another spot where I guess they could go, uh, Penny Sewell, but I, I think they're leaning wide receiver and we'll probably take the, uh, Jalen Waddle. All right. Well, in, on my board, the chase is still available, so they're going to go with him. So I have Jamar Chase. That means that will take us to the seventh pick, and the Lions are on the clock. Yeah, the Lions, I think, um, you know, they're a spot where they should take a wide receiver, to be honest. Uh, you know, they're, they, they basically purged their entire wide receiver group and, and didn't really sign anybody significant. Um, but from everything you hear, uh, Dan Campbell um, and his staff, want to rebuild the offensive and defensive line. So I think this is the spot where uh, uh, Penny Sewell will get taken um, out of Oregon. All right. And since I had Penny Sewell taken earlier by the Bengals, um, I have the Lions taking Jalen Waddle from mm -hmm. Alabama. So I think, th I think that would make the most sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can really kick a kill him for taking an alignment, but but certainly wide receiver. Yeah, it was bad. I remember, you know, because imagine our Fanduels like we were trying to get the Lions player. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Once, uh, once Galladay went down and got hurt last year, I mean, they had nobody yeah. and, uh, and they let him walk. Uh, and I think they signed, uh, 
Rashad Perryman, who was on the Jets last year. He's right now he's their number one wide wide receiver. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's no good. That's a, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, so let's go to eight. I have an interesting choice. You pro- you might find this a little odd, but let me go to your choice first. The Panthers select. I think the Panthers are going to take um, Rashawn Slater, the uh, the tackle from Northwestern. Uh, again, uh, this is a spot where a quarterback probably should go. Um, maybe they'll go, uh, but I have a feeling that they're going to uh, try to rebuild that offensive line to keep, uh, you know, I'm, certainly if you've seen the Jets the past couple of years, you need to keep uh, Sam Donald uh, completely clean and, and on hit for him to uh, be worth anything. So I, I think they'll take uh, Rashawn Slater from uh, from Northwestern. Yeah, a good investment, definitely, because um, I know their offensive line has been really bad lately, and their defensive line has been really bad lately, and their defense has been bad lately. But yeah, they've been they. It's really amazing that Bridgewater kept him as competitive as he did. That just really speaks to how how good he is as a competitor. I mean, yeah, a lot of holes. And and, t- and today he goes to the Broncos. Yeah. So figure that. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I'm surprised our Broncos fan. No, we don't have a Broncos fan on the board. But <laughs> did we? Uh, what are you? What are you talking about? Marquise oh, well, of course, Mr. Benbeck. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, does, he doesn't know that Bridgewater got traded. I don't think he knows that. Come on, let's be let's be fair. Yeah, you got to be real I, about that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he thinks that John Elway is still the quarterback. <laughs> Quite right. All right, so the Broncos are are next on the clock. Who do you have them for? Oh, I didn't give you my pick. I'm sorry. The Panthers. I had them taking Trey Lance because he fell so far down in my draft board. So they are going with Lance, and it's interesting because they made the trade for Darnold. So is that a questionable decision? You know, here's my thing with the Panthers. Um, Yeah, I know they made the trade for Darnold. you know, they made the trade for Darnold after knowing that they, uh, you know, basically they could have one of the drivers, uh, the quarterbacks fall to them in the draft. So that tells me that they don't like any of the quarterbacks in the draft. Okay. Uh, and, and I think from everything you've read the entire off season that, you know, when, when this legal stuff with Deshaun Watson gets uh, sorted out, if it gets sorted out, um, the Panthers are going to do everything in their power. The, the owner wants Deshaun Watson and will move heaven and earth to, to get him. So I think he's their focus uh, at the quarterback position. Sam Darnold's basically just a placeholder. Um, and that's why I think, uh, you know, while they, I think they should take a quarterback in this, in this draft, I, I don't think that they will. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. So I was being a little bit, I'm moving a little bit over. I'm being a little bit too interesting with that pick. So um, that's fine. It's, they're probably not going to pick Lance. So to yeah, not, yeah. Well, if they didn't, then let's assume that Lance is still on the board. Who's taking him? Do you think the Broncos would take him if he was on the board? I think they should. Yeah. 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 If, uh, yeah. And I know, you know, the, the trade for Bridgewater. I don't think negates their uh, ability to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in my mock draft, I'll have them taking uh, Justin Fields and stopping his slide. Um, to me, uh, you know, Justin Fields is a. Uh, it is an upgrade over Bridgewater and Drew Locke. And, uh, you know, I think he's got the arm for uh, for Denver. Uh, and I think he also has – I to me, he's like – you know, he's – you take Drew Locke and, and, and put him on, you know, 
a year's worth of steroids and you get kind of what Justin Fields is. So, <laughs> you know, that is interesting. Cause he is a pretty mobile guy. Yeah, it's true. He's, he's a mobile guy yeah. and he, uh, you know, he has a decent arm. He just never puts it together. Right. So, uh, you know, if I'll have them taking Justin Fields okay. and, uh, and having him compete for the starting quarterback spot. That would be fun to watch at least for a couple of weeks. So yeah. 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 We'll see. I mean, the one thing about Fields that I'm a little worried about is that I wonder what if he's going to regress back to the point of uh, throwing a lot of interceptions, like really bizarre, like unforced interceptions. Remember that, like during some of the Big Ten yeah. schedule. Yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, and you know, my biggest issue with uh, with Fields, um, and I, I I forget who it was, but you know, they said he's uh, like a Lamar. He's going to be like the next Lamar Jackson, and. Mm-hmm. You know, if he applied himself like that, you know, I would agree. But to me, that's his biggest flaw. He doesn't use his – I mean, the kid runs a 4-3-40, yep. and he doesn't use his speed and his legs, you know, nearly as much as he should. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that was the always the biggest downfall with Sam Darnold is that uh, Darnold is, is, was, is super mobile and, you know, has a, has a knack for getting out of the pocket. And, uh, you know, the NFL and Adam Gase just made him sit back there and throw it. And they took away that mobility. And that was his biggest asset. And I feel like Justin Fields is in the same boat. You know, he should he's one of those guys who should be running like Lamar Jackson because he's got the size, the strength and the speed. And uh, he just doesn't do it. Mm. Yeah, he really does like to throw the ball. I, I think he just wants to prove to everybody that he can throw in the pocket. And, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just, but I think to your point, it's like it would reduce the amount of turnovers that he had if he was able to utilize more of his, you, his legs. Yeah, you get you got to accentuate your positives, yeah. and when you have that rare combination of size and speed, um, you got to use it. And and listen, I understand, like you know, that there's always going to be that knock on the African American quarterbacks that they can't. Um, be pocket passers and they have to run. And I know that, you know, uh, you know, recently, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks have um, dug in and tried to be those, those pocket passers to basically, you know, negate that, that stereotype. But uh, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, if you have the God given ability to, 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 you know, be faster than the defense, you got to use it. Yeah. Great call. Great call. So uh, for my ninth, I have Rashawn Slater because he was still available from the the, the lineman from Northwestern. Um, he would be a good asset for any team. So I think that'll be a great pick for whoever takes him. Number ten, the Cowboys. So uh, this is big. So Utter and and Vitrid are carefully listening and watching your watching you as you make your your <laughs> mock prediction. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna take Patrick Sertain, the cornerback okay. from Alabama. Um, if, if Rashawn Slater is here at uh, this spot, you know, come Thursday, um, I, I think they might take him um, because you know their their tackles are getting long in the tooth and uh, and battling injuries. Uh, so basically, it gives them you know and uh, and they can move Slater even inside and then move him back to tackle uh, when they need to, but. Uh, in this is in this draft, I'll say they'll take uh, Sertain because uh, God knows they need help at cornerback too. Yeah, I actually took J.C. Horn. Interestingly, so that's oh, there you go. The same okay. idea, but uh, you know, just a different player. But it's not a bad. Both of those are good picks. So uh, yep. that takes care of 
my mock, I, I do have Devontae Smith going at 11 for Alabama, from Alabama to the Giants. And now I'm just going to give it to you for the rest of your mock draft. Yeah, I'll have uh, I'll, I'll put Smith with the Giants at 11. Um, I don't know if Gettleman will do that, but uh, I think he should. Um, you know, uh, like I said, uh, you know, you got to surround Daniel Jones with as much talent as you humanly can to uh, to get you know the most out of him. So um, I'll say Smith to the Giants uh, at 11. Um, pick 12 is uh, who, who's pick 12? Philadelphia. Dude? Philadelphia. And so in 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 my scenario, uh, you know, I, I think they want a receiver. Uh, or I think they need a receiver. But in my scenario, I think they'll go J.C. Horn, the uh, the quarterback from um, South Carolina, uh, because uh, again, they they're a team that needs a lot of help, um, but they especially need help at wide receiver and cornerback. So uh, I'll have them taking uh, J.C. Horn. Um, <clears throat> Thirteen is the uh, is the Chargers. Um, I think they're going to go uh, Christian Darisaw, the. Uh, the offensive tackle from Virginia tech. Um, you know, they need, uh, and they, their GM has come out and said, you know, we need a left tackle. So, uh, he's, he's the next one off the board. I think they go Darisaw. Um, 14 is the Vikings. This is a spot where, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings took a quarterback, uh, if one of them falls because, uh, it's, it's cousins last year under contract. It would uh, it would allow them to to take a quarterback and, and basically you know go for one uh, last playoff run with Cousins and then just move on uh, in a smooth transition um, and, and not have to you know be forced to, to take one next year. Um, but in this case, I'll say that they uh, they have to go edge rusher and they go quitty pay. Oh from, uh, wow! Yeah. Um, Although I, I like I said, I, I think them and Philadelphia are both going to be in play if uh, if one of the quarterback falls. Um, so that brings us to uh, number fifteen and, and the Patriots. Can I guess it? And, yeah, go ahead. Are they going to go with Mac Jones at fifteen? I would think that they have to. Mm-hmm. No, I, mean, I think so too. You know, if if this scenario plays out, and like we said, Matt Jones might go three to to, four, to the 49ers and blow this completely up and make this all <laughs> meaningless, right? Yeah. Um, but if he's there or if Fields is there or if Lance is there at 15, uh, yeah, I'm not a jet. I, then God bless Andy. I love Andy, our friend Andy in Seattle. <laughs> And, uh, right, you know, he's a, he's a Jared Stidham fan. And, he you know, he said he still thinks Stidham's going to be a good quarterback. Uh, man, I don't see it. You know, I, I, I really don't. And uh, and you're getting, uh, you know, they, they basically paid Cam Newton like a backup quarterback this year. He's not, you know, at that elite level um, of, of salary now. So they can afford to bring in a, a rookie quarterback. And I, I think if one of the, the top five quarterbacks is sitting there at 15, the Patriots should jump on it and take him. So I'll say that they take uh, – uh, they take Mac Jones in this scenario. He's the one who falls. But like we said, he might go number three. And uh, Justin Fields might be here uh, at pick 15. And, and again, I think they should uh, run that the card up to the podium and take him. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's a. I mean, they are going to be salivating if he makes it that far. There's no doubt. So I, I think it's a good call. Okay. Um, any other picks you want to go? I, you, I don't know how far you you'll go with this, but go as far. Yeah, as I mean, no, we we'll, we can just highlight the you know our teams, uh, okay. Dave. Um, you know, for that Jets uh, second pick, I, I think they're going to take an offensive lineman, whoever the best uh, on the board is. Okay. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, the tackle from Oklahoma State. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, the uh, tackle guard from USC. One of those guys, if they're there, I, I think they are going to take them mm-hmm. with that second pick. Um, and, and as far as your Steelers go, Dave, oh yeah, uh, and this is something like I, I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, but I think they're the spot where, um, you know, either Harris or, or ATN should go. Um, this is good. And yeah. This I, is and good. I, I say that because, you know, they, let's be fair. They bought back uh, Ben Roethlisberger um, for one more, you know, year to make a playoff run. Right. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason why you would. Right, right, back. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, when you think about the Steelers, and, and they bought him back, and they re-signed, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, and they bought back his his receivers um, at the and let me say this at the expense of other areas of the team. They had to to cut Stephen Nelson. They had to, um, you know, not re-sign a couple guys on the defense. So you're making the defense worse uh, to give Roethlisberger everything he needs to succeed. Um, so they have two big areas uh, of, of need on the offense that I see. Number one is is offensive tackle. Uh, they let uh, Villanueva walk. Yep. Uh, he wasn't good to begin with last year, but uh, so you have a huge hole there, um, and you have a huge hole. If the season started today, Dave, who's their starting running back? I mean, you. I'm assuming at this point we're talking about. James Connor and is he even Con- Connor, Connor left. He went, he oh, went he to left. the Cardinals. Right, right, so, right, right, right. so, so it, it, it would be Benny Snell. Um, no, that's, that's no good. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, you're, 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 you're a Steeler fan. I've, I've watched, I guess Steeler. I'm not that big a fan. If I didn't know that Connor left. <laughs> well, well, no, he, he was one of those guys. He was a very underrated guy or under the radar guy mm-hmm. who, um, you know, they were supposed to bring him back the whole off season. And then he kind of got swooped up by the Cardinals a yeah. few weeks ago. Um, but but you can't go into uh, you know a one one last playoff push with Ben Roethlisberger with Benny Snell as your running back. You you just can't. No. Um, you know, and so to me, it comes down to whether you're going to take an offensive tackle or one of those two running backs, ATN or Harris. Yeah. And in my opinion, the value with ATN and Harris is going to be higher than whatever the fifth or sixth offense offensive tackle that is going to be on that board at that Steelers pick is. So I, I would, if I was them, I would take uh, uh, whoever they have rated higher Harris or ATN and try to get a tackle later in the draft and, you know, uh, take some pressure off a of big Ben and have him hand it off to one of those guys. I mean, ATN is, is basically, um, you know, peak Le'Veon Bell, right. With his skill set And, uh, and Harris is like a a, a more uh, rounded version of uh, Jerome Bettis. You yeah, know, can, yeah. I was gonna say he's yeah. like a more physical guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, you know, you put you you draft one of those two guys and put them behind Rollsberger with those receivers, and you try to patchwork that offensive line. Uh, that Steelers offense is going to be, you know, pretty good next year. Yeah, 
I, I think it's a great call. That's a great observation. I don't trust that they're going to do that, though, for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't either. You know, but I think that's what they should do. They should do that. I agree with you, though. They've been so reluctant yeah. to select a skill player in the first round, like forever. Like they like to go yeah. in the second round. They like to go with a guy, but the first round generally, they tend to stay away from it. But it would be a good investment to me. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that was really good. I mean, I I want to. I I don't think there's much else to to cover. I mean, that that really gets into all the scenarios. So thank you, Ron, again. Um, just a tremendous job out of you. Um, any final thoughts before we go before I go tonight? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, I love the draft. I I look forward to it every year. I guess that's the, uh, it's the eternal hope of being a Jets fan is, is turning your fortune around with the draft. So, um, you know, I, I, I get into it every year and, uh, yeah, I can't wait for tomorrow night. I really can. Uh, actually my, my son has a, a football practice, um, and I think it's supposed to get over at like eight o'clock. And I already told him that, uh, you know, I'm going to be telling the coach that we have to leave early. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pick it. I don't want to miss it. So nah, nah. Yeah. you got to be yeah. there. And, Practice and can wait. That's going to be good. That's going to be good stuff. So enjoy it, Ron. Really seriously. that will be a lot of fun. And I'll, I'll keep in touch with you during the, during the draft too. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on Dave as, uh, you know, as always, it's a, uh, it's a uh, tremendous fun and it's a, uh, you know, I think it's probably like our fourth or fifth year doing this. So yeah. I, I look I look forward to it every year. Me too. Thank you so much. All the best and have a great weekend as well. You too, Dave. Take care. All right, you too, man. All right. Bye, well, that was that was fun. Thank you, Ron. And and that's gonna do it for our program t- this week. That's gonna be a good NFL draft. I mean, you you saw all the drama already with the third pick in the draft and with, with certain skill positions and what certain teams are gonna do. And, and, you know, my Steelers are at the forefront of that. Certainly, you can be as lost as me and not even know that their they're, they're number, number one running back didn't even come back to the team. That's a horrible job out of me. But uh, nevertheless, I think I'll, I'll be dialed into this as well. So I hope you guys enjoy it too. Thank you for, for tuning in tonight, whether you were on YouTube watching it or whether you're listening to it on the podcast feed. Uh, I, once again, am Dave Medina. And you can catch us on, on Twitter at DidCal, Facebook.com slash DidCal. YouTube.com slash DidCal and on the web at DidCal.com. Don't forget, if you have not subscribed to this podcast before, and I mean the Apple podcast, you can go to your podcast feeder of choice, mainly select the Apple podcast app, and you can select, um, you can search for Dave in the City Out West and look for us there. I've really had a lot of fun tonight. Thank you very much for, once again, I hope you all have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next time. Next time.